Psalm 19, verse 13. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and I shall be innocent of great transgression. Uh, last week, we gave a sermon about, I mean, two weeks ago, about scientific evidence that does not prove the Bible, but it supports biblical account dealing with such things as the flood. And there were people who asked some questions about that, which we, uh, maybe one of the intervening week, we can get together and whoever wants to join in, we can have a, a chit chat. But this uh, same thing, we just sang, we heard the song. There is a God and he alone does understand. <clears throat> and he is the great God. And I'm going to talk about other things about supporting God here. The Bible says, continuation from Psalm 19, verse 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. And this is the worship assembly of the Church of Christ here at the House Church in San Gabriel. So welcome to all of you and apologize for any of the delays that we've had here. All right. When we're talking about let the meditations of my mouth, we have to understand that human beings are very unique. What you see above is the lips of a young child. That's why you see two teeth right there. Uh, not all animals have lips, but depends on how you define lips. Some websites says all animals have lips. Another website says uh, many animals have lips, but many do not have lips. All we do know is that lips serve for a certain function. But when they talk about reptiles evolving to mammals, the problem with that is that reptiles there are no reptiles that have cheek muscle that allow for suckling action. And all mammals suckle milk. All, no exceptions, including aquatic, uh, like uh, uh, orcas and dolphins, porpoises, they all suckle milk. Because they have facial muscles of which reptiles lack. But regardless of if you use your definition, my definition, someone else's definition, we do understand this here. According to live science, only human beings have a distinct border between the pinkish part, the lips, and the surrounding skin. Uh, other animals do not. They may have a, a, a lip, a thin lip, a, 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 almost a lip or no lip, but it's practically indistinguishable from the surrounding area. And it's very, very see, sensitive, delicate, and thin. Whereas the skin on your layer can have up to 16 layers of cells, the lips have only three to five layers, which is why your lips appear pink, or in some cases reddish, depending if you have only three or if you have four or you have five layers, because the blood vessels can be seen and your lips can appear to be very reddish or pinkish as it is here. Uh, as lips are also one of the most sensitive parts of our body, have millions of nerve endings, which makes the lips very susceptible to changes in heat and cold and very sensitive to touch, which is why in many, but not all societies, they have found that nestling, uh, kissing, um, <clears throat> see, or just getting close so they can smell one another's pheromones and see with the uh, tongue and see with the lips to smell to, if this person is a, uh, a favorable person or not. Very, very sensitive 
the human lips. In fact, scientists used to believe that the lips were just made of one muscle, the orbicularis oris. But lately we found out that actually that's not correct. There's actually a complex of four separate muscles working in conjunction that allow the lips to be able to pucker up for a kiss or to play something like a flute or a trumpet. And now I want us to, the, the basis for the story today is a story of Balaam, a story of faith in Numbers chapter 22 here. Now Balaam was a, uh, not a Jewish uh, prophet, but a pagan prophet who oftentimes prophesies things on behalf of the God of Israel. He practiced magic and practiced prophecies and led Israel into many false ideas. Uh, in the New Testament, Peter and Jude describe him as a very greedy person who just about do anything for money. Well, in the story of Balaam, Numbers 22, the Bible mentioned that uh, the Moabite king, King Balak, seeing that the Israelites were approaching, was getting scared, and he asked his prophet Balaam, could you come here? I want you to place a curse on the Israelites. Then the Lord appeared to and spoke to Balaam and said, you're not to go to Balak, but you can go if you only agree to speak whatever God says, I will direct you to speak. So Balaam got on his donkey, got it ready, and with the princes of Moab, went back to uh, Balak. Then something happened here. All right. Uh, Anthony, could you read that for us? Yes. Balaam, the donkey, and the angel. Balaam was riding on his donkey. Two of his servants were with him. While Balaam was traveling, God became angry. So the Lord's angel stood in the road in front of Balaam to stop him. Well, of course, who am I think? Well, didn't God say, go ahead, as long as you agree to speak whatever I tell you? So why did God get angry with him for doing what he thought he would be doing? Well, we'll see. John, maybe you can read that for us. Sure. Uh, when Balaam's donkey saw the Lord's angel standing in the road with a sword in his hand, the donkey turned from the road and went into the field. Balaam could not see the angel, so he was very angry at the donkey. He hit the donkey and forced it to go back on the road. So the, the donkey wanted to take a detour, as it was here. All right. Number and continue on the story here. Uh, Richard, how about you? Would you like to read that for us? Sure. Later, the Lord's angel stood at a place where the road became narrow. This was between two vineyards. There were walls on both sides of the road. Again, the donkey saw the Lord's angel. So the donkey walked very close to one wall. This crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So Balaam hit his donkey again. So the donkey leaned against it so he would catch Balaam's feet uh, between the donkey's side and the rock and wall to sort of like smash or scrape his feet. And Balaam got mad and he struck the donkey again. All right, Numbers 22, verse 26 to 27 here. Okay, 
later, the Lord's angel stood at another place where the road became narrow. There was no place where the donkey could go around him. It could not turn to the left or to the right. The donkey saw the Lord's angel, so the donkey lay down, just sat down, just lay on the ground. But he was so angry, he just hit him again. First, you try to take a detour. Then you try to smash my feet. Then now you just sit and won't move on. All right. Why? Then the Lord calls a donkey to speak. The donkey said to Balaam, why are you angry at me? What have I done to you? You have hit me three times. Balaam answered the donkey, you have made me look foolish. If I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. But the donkey said to Balaam, look, I am your donkey. You have ridden me for so many years, and you know that I've never done this to you before. Now, why was God angry with uh, Balaam when God said, you may go to Balak as long as you agree to do whatever I, I, I ask you to do and say whatever I say? Well, you see, God knew that Balaam was untrustworthy and that he could be bribed to curse Israel anyway, even though God had blessed Israel. So knowing that um, he likely would be bribed, probably he maybe knew what the prince of uh, Moab were going to do, and that he cannot stand the temptation of bribery, God decided to, okay, you're not really going to follow my instruction. So he sent an angel to stop him. But Balaam couldn't see the angel, but the donkey could. And she tried to turn off the path, smash his feet against the wall and sit down. And uh, uh, Balaam would hit the donkey each time. Then in Numbers 22, 28, we read, the Lord opened the donkey's mouth. All right. Then the donkey had a conversation with Balaam. The question is, come on. Do you really believe a donkey talked? You know, it's stories like this that will oftentimes make people think that Christians are ignorant, they're stupid, that Christians believe in fairy tales, uh, that we're, is nonsense, we're not scientific, uh, like that here. You look at a website, you find many Pentecostal website and Baptist website, uh, and they almost all say that yes, the donkey actually talked. Well, you might say that to a, a child. Do you believe a donkey talk? And a little girl, a little boy might say, I don't believe it. Okay. Well, you may disagree with me, and there are probably many of my Baptists and the Pentecostal friends who may say they may disagree with me. But I, I have a tendency to approach things to seek first a reasonable, natural explanation for things. And then after uh, I exhausted scientific possibilities, then I would say this was a miracle, an exotic or supernatural explanation. I want us to have a better, deeper understanding of this so we don't feel embarrassed when we talk to our friends and our Secular friend says, oh, come on, the Bible says a donkey talk. Come on. You don't really believe that, do you? Well, there's no doubt that Balaam's donkey spoke to him. The Bible said that. The question is, 
where the dog was given a different set of vocal cords so he can make sounds to make speech, human speech. And that the donkey was given the power of reasoning because now the, the donkey could actually converse with Balaam and answer his questions and understand them. Do you think this is what happened? Or is there a possibility of another instrument? Well, it, it's possible God could do that if he want to. But notice here, after the donkey spoke to Balaam, Balaam's eyes were open, the angel asked the same questions. There's the evidence that if you look deeper, that was not the donkey who was actually speaking, that I believe it was actually God speaking. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 16, it says that Peter said that the donkey was without speech, yet spoke with a man's voice. How could someone without speech yet speak with a human voice? Hmm. Well, we can get some clues in the Bible here. What can we learn from the miracle of speaking in foreign languages on Pentecost? In the New Testament, it mentions that after Jesus went up to heaven, the apostles gathered together and the Holy Spirit came down upon them and they all spoke in tongues. Look what the Bible says. When the sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and more saying, look, not, are not all those who speak Galileans? Notice they did not say we saw them speak. We heard them speak in our own language. And how is it that we hear each in our own language? We hear people speaking Parthian, Mese, Elamites, Mesopotamian, Judean, Cappadocian, Pontians, Asian, Phrygian, Pamphylian, Egyptian, parts of Libyan, Cyrenese, visitors from Rome, Jews, and Protestants. We hear them speaking in our own tongues, the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one, what could this mean? All right. Have you ever watched a foreign language movie that's been dubbed into English? You might see some old movies of Jackie Chan, long, long time ago when they tried to dub it into English before he became famous and all his movies were in Cantonese. Or you try to dub it from Cantonese into Mandarin. What you're going to notice is that the lips don't match the sound. The lips don't match the sound. How could at Pentecost, we hear the people move their lips and we hear different words coming out? In the same way, the people at Pentecost knew that there was something different, something unusual going on because they could understand the song, even though the sound didn't match their lip movement. It's like there's some words that is two syllable in English, in another language, maybe Chinese, it'd be like three syllables. That's why sometimes when we make a song in English into Chinese, uh, we have to change the word slightly because the number of syllables don't match. So if you were to uh, Pentecost and you saw the people speaking in tongues, you could hear people speaking all these different languages, you know that their lips don't correspond 
to the sounds that they heard. This is a clue for our understanding here. And many of you may remember a group, 1989. There's a group named Millie Vanilli. They won a Grammy for the Best New Artist Award. Okay. And they produced top hits. Girls, you know it's true. That came the number two hit. Blame it on the rain. It made the number one hit in November 1989. Girl, I'm gonna miss you, number one in 1989. Baby, don't forget my number. Another number one hit earlier in 1989. And All or Nothing, number four in February of 1990. You see them here getting the awards for the best new artists of the year. Well, they found out that they didn't sing any of those songs. That the Millie Vanilli, the group, Rob Pilates and Fab Moran, Morvan, actually they lip sang, which means they just moved their lips and somebody else actually did the singing. But they moved their lips so well that people could not detect that they were not singing. Even when they appear in television, it looks like they were singing. But it's discovered that they had lip sync their entire career. They have not recorded not one record in their own voice. Not one. Every one of their top hits were fakes. It was insincere. In an interview given in 1990, Millie Vanilli, they said they did it because they were poor and starving. A producer had approached them and asked them to be uh, the face, but not the voice of a new project. So they said, sure, they're good actors. They know how to dance. And when they when the movie and dancing, some people can't concentrate on their lips, but they concentrate on their legs and their uh, hands and, uh, and their body movement. So they did this and they fooled many people across the world. Here is a continuing on Numbers chapter 22, verse 32 and 35. Look what the Bible says. Then the Lord's angel asked Balaam, why did you hit your donkey three times? I am the one who came to stop you. But just in time, your donkey saw me and turned away from me. Yes, the donkey did that. That happened three times. If the donkey had not turned away, I probably would have killed you already. And I would have let your donkey live. Then Balaam said to the Lord's angel, I have sinned. I did not know that you were standing in the road. If I'm doing wrong, I will go back. Then the Lord's angel said, no, go with the prince of Moab to Balak, but be careful. Speak only the words that I will tell you to say and don't go beyond it. So Balaam went with the leaders that Balak had sent. Now, the reason why I do not believe that the donkey talk, even though I see it in some Sunday school materials, they talk about, oh, the donkey talk, is that it's totally unbelievable. Now, here you are. Okay. I'm riding on a donkey. I know my donkey. If my donkey all of a sudden started talking, I would not just calmly talk to the donkey. I would say, huh? I will probably jump off the donkey. Oh, well, what's happening? Uh, uh, 
then with a, a stick, I might just touch it. Uh, are, are you my donkey? Yeah, are you have a demon in you? Uh, how, how can you talk? I would be shocked into disbelief. But somehow the Bible says none of that happened. Balaam was probably shocked to hear the voice, but when he see the donkey move its mouth, it probably did not correspond to the sound. If I talk to you and you see my lips move, and then when I stop moving, you still hear some sounds. And sometimes you don't hear any sound and my mouth is moved. They're not in sync. You say, you might think, I hear a voice, but it's not Alan who's talking. That is why probably Balaam did not see, was not surprised or shocked by the donkey speaking. Probably because the donkey was not actually, literally, physically talking. Just like to see now at Pentecost, the reason why the people believe there's something unusual is because we have 18 different nationalities and languages, groups, friends from foreign countries, and we hear him speaking and ask, hey, what did he say? He said, you heard him, but you speak this other language. I heard him say the same thing, but I heard him in another language that corroborate that there's something magnificent, something miraculous something happening as it is here you see a donkey farmers and ranchers they know donkey sounds they know that when it brays when it, it makes it they annoy when it sucks air in and exhales air out it's a loud signal to other donkeys or to signal to us when they feel excited scared or when they're hungry there's only so many sounds it can make. In addition to the long and loud uh, hee-haws, they could also make five short, soft sounds. A grunt, a short growl, a short snort, a short hum, and a short squeal. He cannot make those facial uh, voice like a human being talking. He probably opened his mouth just like up and down. But we hear human language. Even when he's moving here, we hear nothing. And even when the mouth's not moving, we hear the communication. So Balaam realized there was something different going on. Humans can make more than 3,000 different sounds, of which more than 500 are commonly used in speech. The other sounds are just like funny noise, grunts and groans, and not actually used in speech. But a donkey can't make that range of sound. So probably Balaam realized there's something more than meets the eye. Right. In Proverbs 15, 7. Okay. Uh, Anthony, can you read this for us again? I can't believe what I'm hearing coming out of their lips. And go on. The lips of the wise disperse knowledge, but the heart before does not do so okay a person who's a wise a christian will share knowledge <coughs> but the foolish person does not share knowledge he he just closes mind now i don't believe any of this stuff here okay well if i was to try to convince you 
that a donkey talk, I would be insincere because I don't believe the donkey talked. The reaction is totally untypical. Unless Balaam talked to donkey many times in the past, but there's no record that uh, Balaam ever talked to his donkey before. So it's a first time thing. It surely must have caught him by surprise and shock, but the Bible says nothing at all about him being shocked. In the same way, sometimes we can't believe what we hear coming out of our friends' mouths, our family members. We might hear a cuss word, an angry word, an angry a word of disbelief when one was raised as a faithful child. I can't believe it. I thought you would know better, we might think. All right. The Bible also says that God hates a perverse lips. These are people who say evil things, say foul language, they say cuss words. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. Blessed are the peacemaker. God doesn't want you to say words that are inflammatory, words that cause uh, fighting and hatred and anger. Well, we all do at times, but let's do our very best to make an effort to try to be peacemaker and say things that calm things down instead of escalate things up. Okay. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 to 25 here. Okay. Uh, Chen, can you read that for us? Sure, Alan. Sure. Proverbs uh, chapter 4, verses 23 to 25. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of its spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth, and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead, and your eyelids look right before you. Right. Look straight ahead. Don't get sidetracked and avoid saying bad things. There are people who sometimes say things. They play church. Um, they say the right holy stuff. They use words like hallelujah and God bless you and God loves you and they smile. But they steal money from the church. They fool around in sexual see, uh, misconduct. Um, they confess after they make Christian records that actually they don't even believe in God. These people are insincere, but they see that this is a way to make money. They're playing church. Don't let people who play church lure you in from sincere followers of the Lord. Isaiah 29 verse 13 says, The Lord said, Because this nation approaches me with their words and honor me with their lips, but they remove their hearts far from me. And the reverence for me is a tradition that's learned by rote. I, in other words, in Isaiah 29 13, it says, These people, they come say, I, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry, God. But they say all the right words and say, we love you, God, but their heart is far from me. They're insincere. We must be careful about them to not follow their example here. Matthew chapter 15, God told them about this. Hypocrite, 
Well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their heart, but the heart is far from me. In vain, vain means it's useless. It's useless that they're worshiping me. They're worshiping, but guess what? It means nothing. They teach as doctrines the commandments of men rather than that of God. In 1964, there's a song, some of you may remember, by Betty Everett, made a number one hit. It's in his kiss. And you know how the song goes, uh, uh, oh no, that's not the way. You're not listening to all I say. I can't sing it. If you want to know if he loves you so, it's in his kiss. That's where it is. Oh, it's in his kiss. That's where it is. And it goes on and on. Oh, I butchered that out. I should play the recording here. But when we talk about lips, uh, a lot of people say that, well, a lot of women have actually said this, that you can tell if a guy is really sincere by his kiss. A an actual story was done where uh, college women, college American women said they can tell if a guy, what kind of guy is, by the way, they kiss if the person is a good guy or not. Okay. But notice here, the Bible says with the lips, Jesus was betrayed. The son of man was betrayed with a kiss. So when we look at the story of Balaam and the angel, here's a famous painting by Gustav Jaeger in 1836. You see Balaam sitting on top of a donkey. And you see in the background, some of the prince of Moab that were accompanying him. And he's looking down. He doesn't even see the angel. Uh, perhaps maybe it's the, the glare, the angle. Uh, it's oftentimes said animals can see things sometimes we can't see. And we know it's true. There are see animals and insects that can see in ultraviolet light that we cannot see. They can see an infrared spectrum that we cannot see. It's there. It's just that our eyes were not designed to see certain things. And sometimes animals can. And here we have uh, the story here of what the Bible has to do with, with this here. They have left the straight ways and wandered off to follow the ways of Balaam, son of Bezor, who loved the wages of wickedness. And Peter mentioned to tell us, let us learn from the past so we don't make that mistake. Balaam is a person who loved the wages of wickedness. He loved the benefits that he gets by defrauding people. And there are people even in the church today who acts this way. All right. The Bible also mentioned here that he was rebuked for his wrongdoing by a donkey, an animal without speech. The animal cannot talk, but yet somehow spoke with a human voice and restrained the prophet's madness. Balaam wanted riches and he was willing to do to justify. Uh, any actions to get it, even cursing what God has blessed, despite being a prophet of God. The story of a donkey in the Bible is oftentimes used by skeptics and atheists to poke fun at the Bible, to poke fun at Christians, and to make you doubt your faith. 
but it should cause you to grow and have greater faith in the Bible, that the Bible is true and the Bible is reliable. Why is that? Okay, this frame, I guess I must have forgotten to change it here. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, the coming king. 500 years before the birth and crucifixion of Jesus, the prophet Zechariah, while in captivity, prophesied, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, which means daughter of Jerusalem. Shout, behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey a colt, the foal of a donkey, a young donkey. This was a prophecy 500 years before it occurred. And the king of kings entered into the last week of his earthly life, not riding a stallion, not riding, see, with chariots or mighty soldiers by his side, but lowly on a donkey. Who would have ever imagined it? And it came true in fulfillment of scriptures to show that the Bible is the inspired word of God. So don't let skeptics try to poke fun and use it. Come on, do you really believe a donkey talk? And then show you some Bible lesson from the Baptist church where they said the donkey talk. And it, I said, well, once again, if I could find a natural explanation, I would go with a scientific natural explanation first. And when you can't explain it by any other means, I will go with a supernatural explanation. And my background training as a science teacher tell me, tells me that the donkey did not talk. He brayed, he made typical movement of his mouth. Just like the people at Pentecost, they spoke with a natural lip movement of a Hebrew. But while they spoke as Jews, people from 18 different languages heard different sounds, but they all heard it at the same time. So they were puzzled by this here. Clearly, the angel was doing the talking on behalf of God and used the donkey as a mouthpiece. But the, it wasn't that miraculously the donkey now had the brain of a human can reason and converse like that here. God was just using the donkey as it was here. So I hope that this will encourage your faith. Don't believe the skeptic when they say that about silliness in the Bible. Let's go a little deeper and be mature in our faith and have faith in the Holy Word of God. So I hope this message this evening has been beneficial for you.